I got out there and I did camps and participated and volunteered in various activities around the community um, as an investment to myself and to my own health and wellness and happiness. What follows is a conversation between uh, myself and uh, Misty Lauer. She is our chief financial officer at Wilmer Electric, uh, does a wonderful job in that role. Uh, one of the reasons why she does such a good job is because she cares so much about people. She believes in investing um, in herself. She believes it's important for everybody to invest in themselves, not out of some sort of egotistical uh, self-worship, but just out of we ought to take what God has given us and develop it further. It's like our obligation to become the best person we can become. Uh, and you'll find in listening to Misty that it is about that. It's not about her. It's about investing in herself and making the world a better place around her from it. Well, Misty, the name of the podcast is The Chapin Commute. Uh, it's a roughly the length of a uh, typical commute. Um, it's exciting to ask you these questions as opposed to the people we've done previously because we've asked a retired guy, a person who lives just around the corner from the office, somebody who works at home. So finally, I get to ask this question to somebody with a real commute. Misty, what is your commute like and what kind of vehicle do you use to take your commute? Well, um, first, uh, yeah, I'm happy to answer this. I drive a BMW um, SUV, and so I've always driven an SUV for the last 20 years. And um, I, I'm in my car a lot, so I want it to be comfortable. <laughs> so I buy cars that are comfortable to drive. My commute is technically by Google 11 miles, but it takes me anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes to get to the office. And some of that depends on the school traffic, um, because I do live on the side of town where I have three major schools that have um, a large set of kids that go to those schools, and most of the parents drop them off. And so I have that challenge on my way to school or way to work. But then also, I commute through downtown Lincoln. And while I love seeing all the projects Wilmer Electric has been awarded and are putting up in the buildings that are constantly changing the landscapes of Lincoln. On the other side, it puts another challenge in my commute to the office some days when the, all of a sudden the lanes switch and you don't know which one's open for the day. So That is true. Your commute is a little bit of traffic lane roulette. You never know how many lanes are going to be open on your drive until you start out. So Yes. All right. Well, with that, let's get started. Misty uh, works with uh, Sarah and I at Wilmer Electric. Um, she's a, a very uh, brilliant person who has uh, invested a lot in herself, and uh, we wanted to talk to Misty today about that. I think that Misty is an expert on a lot of subjects, um, but the subject that always stands out to me with Misty is investing in oneself, taking the time to invest um, in yourself. But And rather than me give a long introduction of Misty, why don't I let Misty introduce herself? Hi, Dave. Thanks for inviting me to the show. I appreciate that. So I have worked for Wilmer Electric for 15 years and I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. 
Um, I work in the accounting department, but I've had various uh, professional opportunities at Wilmer Electric, working in operations and HR. And I've also worked in areas outside of Wilmer Electric, working in retail, um, hospitality, and sometimes all the way down to, you know, working as a line cook in the kitchen of a restaurant. So um, I have had a lot of opportunities to invest in myself throughout my various careers. Yeah, well, you know, that that is the, the subject. Um, I told everybody you were an expert at it. Um, now we'll probably spend the next 20 minutes proving that to people. Uh, when I say investing in yourself, when you hear that phrase, what comes to mind? Um, so when I think of investing in myself, I think of building on my strengths. Um, I believe that setting goals and self-reflecting on my strengths and how I can improve them or enhance them, and also uh, reducing any of my bad habits. So um, sometimes it's involved with mental and physical improvements, and sometimes it's educational where it's learning a new skill or um, expanding my knowledge base on a certain topic. You have about you know knowledge base. You you've got a lot of schooling. You 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 sometimes give the impression that you go to school for fun, um, and and you've taught schooling. You you are a uh, part time professor. But what all the, what is all the different schooling that you've done, and and why? What made you do those different levels? Yeah. Um. So I've gone through the traditional realm where obviously I've had elementary, middle, and high school. Um, I went to high school at two different high schools in my life. And then I left to go to college. Um, I went to the University of Michigan. Um, due to certain um, situations within the family, I returned back to Nebraska and went to the University of Nebraska and completed my bachelor's degree there. And then I um, decided a couple years out of being out of college to go back to school and get my master's. And I went to Doan to get my master's in management um, through the Doan program. And then I thought I would be done, but I wasn't. I do like to learn, like you said. And so after some time off, I decided that there was other areas that I needed to expand my knowledge base on so I could provide a better um, service and fit my role at Wilmer Electric more efficiently and effectively. And so I went back to school and got a bachelor's of professional science degree through Bellevue University. And there I focused on um, financial analysis and business administration um, subjects and contract law. So that's my traditional path with education. Then outside of that, I do like to learn. So you're correct with that. I have done certifications across the board of topics, um, but most of them land in the technology area, whether that be becoming certified with Power BI or SQL Server and understanding kind of how our software that I'm working with every day in my current role um, is built and developed. And so that way I can utilize it better. So you've, you've gone to Michigan, Bellevue, Doan, taught for Concordia, yes. uh, a degree from uh, UNL there in in, uh, in Lincoln. I, I think we should tell everyone, you root for the Michigan Wolverines when they play Nebraska. I do, correct. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, sports aren't everything and they're certainly not everything in your life. Um, have you ever regretted taking a class? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was regret. Um, I took a class that I didn't think would be as challenging as it actually turned out to be. 
Um, I had a full workload one of my years in college. And so I thought I still needed a certain amount of credit hours to meet that criteria for financial aid. So I took astrology um, and it (laughs) was not what I thought it would be. (laughs) So um, I regret taking it because the topic was not in line with anything I really wanted to learn. And I learned a valuable lesson after the fact that you're going to take a class, um, you should have some interest in it. Otherwise, it will be challenging because you won't want to spend and dedicate the time that is necessary to complete the work um, if you're not really interested. So so what do you do with that? I mean, so you, I mean, you didn't get into astrology. I've never heard you talk about astrology before, but, 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 you know, say a book, you're reading a book and you think this isn't a very good book. This, you know, it's a little different with a class, but you finished the class. I, I, I take it. Yeah, I did. But I would say that I forgot most that I learned because like I wasn't present in the moment during a lot of my classes, which is what made it challenging, you know, but on the flip side, I've also taken other classes um, <laughs> that I had interest in, but they weren't going to give me any major um, experience necessary for professional advancement or success. So like I took tennis. Now, Tennis doesn't help me with my career, but it does make playing tennis with my children now today a lot more enjoyable because I do have that background. So, yeah. What do I do with the ones that I didn't necessarily um, do well in or didn't enjoy? Uh, I kind of forgot about it. But the ones that I took and I had interest in it, I have found enjoyment with it later in life, too. Yeah, you know, in college, I had to take science classes. Um, and I went to school and took classes on business and human resources and got a degree there. But I you had to take science classes because I was a liberal arts school. And so I took all my classes in meteorology. So now I'm this amateur meteorologist that that still really is into that subject. So it's amazing in life how often it is you could you could stumble into those things you, you put through and you just you just learn and, and go forward. Is there someone in your life? Um, that you consider an excellent example of investing in themselves? Yeah. Uh, so in my college years, I met a wonderful lady named Catherine Warren. Um, and over my years of knowing her, I've always seen how she has been successful in investing in herself for the benefit of herself, but also for the benefit of her family, her community, and her employer. And so she's kind of been um, a leader of that. And I take a lot of note from her and um, she's become one of my um, advisors. I, I talk a lot about um, people talk about mentors. Do You know, a lot of people have mentors. I do have a mentor that in my career here at Wilmer Electric, but then I also have a group of advisors and I would call Catherine one of my advisors um, along with my um, long-term friends ever since college. Also Andrea Brown. Yeah. You know, um, we went out for lunch, the three of us, a couple months ago. After it was over, I think she recommended, I think if I would have gone back and counted, I think she recommended six different books to me. <laughs> so it, was, it was a great day for Amazon uh, where the three of us had lunch. Um, and she made all those book recommendations. I haven't read. I read one of them so far. I can't constantly read. And then other people recommended some in the, in the meantime. So you talked about having a mentor. Um, what? How does one go about getting a mentor and is it a formal thing or what what do you see in mentorship there? I think it, it may, well, I've done it two different ways, I guess. 
So let me talk a little bit about that. One that just kind of took its natural progression was at Wilmer Electric. I would say Jay Tornquist was my mentor at Wilmer Electric. I was early in my career. I came on board in my 20s. Um, new mom, had a lot to learn about life, balance, um, and just um, education and myself um, and the roles I would um, fulfill at Wilmer Electric. So Jay was a natural mentor to me. It just progressed over the years of working for him. Normally, I wouldn't say your supervisor is your mentor. Jay was my supervisor in a short term, and then eventually I had different supervisors. And that's when it really took the mentorship role as he stayed connected and we would meet regularly over a cup of coffee um, and have a conversation. And so he was one of my mentors. Um, also, though, uh, I have done executive coachings where you go and you meet with a, a group of people who are at the same professional level as you have um, kind of the same goals and paths um, that they want to take in their direction in life. And then we divided out into mentorship groups. And so I have had the formal realm where um, it's that one was through Rise Lincoln. It's about rising women in the roles of leadership here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so I participated in one of theirs. And then um, through that program, naturally gained a mentor. Well, that's a, a great story. I'm actually, I'll guarantee you, Jay never said to anybody, I'm Misty's mentor. Um, it, so it's an interesting way of going about about looking at it. He, Jay was one of the best friends I ever had. He mentored a lot of people and really thought that doing that was important. Um, but there is, like you mentioned, there's, there is two different um, two different roles um, and ways to, to get at uh, mentoring, leaving something for the future. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of jump in here and talk about being like have the mentorship and, and stuff like that. And you've also had different roles where you've been the leader and you have people that are younger that work for you and, and stuff like that. So what kind of advice would you give? Cause I know in my generation, once you start investing in yourself and you don't see like an automatic payout, cause you kind of talked about like teaching. It's like, you didn't know that class was going to be helpful for you. You like 10 years later, that once it like has no, benefit right away you kind of give up like what advice would you give for that well you hit it right on the dot like be patient that's first of all I, I reflect back over 20 years of um, setting goals and achieving them and that have helped me become where I am today so uh, time and patience is definitely necessary but then um, David reflected on a little bit, read more, uh, not just about the subjects you like, read, read about a variety of topics. Um, <laughs> so even if you think, um, like I said, it's going to be a challenge because you don't have complete interest in it. Sometimes it's good to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. So you have to learn something new. I would also talk about surrounding yourself with people who want to see you do well. So I talk about my group of advisors. They've always been my cheerleaders on the sideline. They've been my sounding board when um, I needed somebody to tell me I was just being crazy or irrational about something. They've also been there to tell me, nope, you're spot on. You should go for it. I know you can make it. You can get it done. Um, and then it's really about um, setting goals. And so early on in my life, I... Um, I've had to set goals a lot and overcome a lot of challenges. There's been failures and there's been successes. 
Um, but I don't stop setting goals. So I would say set goals for yourself, you know, whether it's with your family or with your church or your community or where you see yourself at your, with your employer, have a variety of goals set um, to achieve what you want to achieve to what really is success in your eyes within those communities in those areas. That's a, that's a, that's a great answer. Um, what, what, one of the questions I asked before about a, a person whom you consider an ex- excellent example of investing themselves, I thought you were going to say Bill Lauer because he is a person who does believe in investing himself. He's your husband. Maybe you're too close to him to, to see that. But what's it, what are your kids like in this area? When you have two parents who think that investing in themselves is important, what does that, you're the, you're the mother of, of two teenage boys, where does that leave them? Um, they're, they're, that's a good question, Dave, actually. It's something that um, I go back and forth with, with Phil. Um, Phil and I talk about it a lot. You know, Phil took a non-traditional path um, to what he found a, a successful career with. He's in the military. Um, he, you know, worked in the technical skill sets um, at the Air National Guard, and then he's advanced over his careers by taking on extra education for leadership. He went and got a degree outside of the military, so that way he could be ready for a leadership role. And then he did their internal NCO academies, and so he's advanced in our kids know about it. We, we're very um, open with our, our paths and where we have our goals set for the year and what we're doing to advance ourselves. And so one is we have a lot of visibility with our kids, but then on the other side, we also have expectations from them. And that's where as a mom, you wonder, are you expecting too much just or just enough, right? Um, you don't want them to think that they have to be perfectionists or have too much pressure, but you also want them to realize that they are responsible for their paths and they can achieve whatever they truly want to achieve if they go out and they work towards it. And so we talk about that with our kids. We talk about where we are today and how we got here. Um, Bill talks about failing out of college. He did it multiple times because One, he thought he knew more than the professors in one school, and so he didn't want to go to class anymore. And then on the other side, he just got bored, and so he dropped out. And But he didn't give up. He tells our kids about, you know, um, college wasn't always the right path for him, so that's when he joined the military. And then after the military, um, he decided he wasn't going to let not having a college degree be something that he could live with. So he went back to school and he finished that bachelor's degree um, shortly after I finished my first master's. So we were in school together at the same time. And that was a little bit of a struggle for balancing all of us in our family because we had a new baby at that time, but we made it work and we came through it just fine. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. What is it like for our kids with two parents like that? Um, sometimes they think <laughs> we ask too much of them. Um, sometimes they think we don't ask enough. It's kind of interesting, though. I see my oldest, who's a teenager now, he's out there trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. And one of the things that we provided for them, and this was based off of our belief in investing in yourself, is through their time of upbringing, we have provided educational opportunities through summer camps every year for them. 
a variety of topics. So that way, as Adrian's now in this age of being a finishing his sophomore year, going to be a junior, he's got to start exploring colleges and thinking about where he wants to go off to college. He already got a little taste of all that. And so maybe hopefully when he goes off to college, he can he can start in the right direction instead of having to change multiple times um, in the path. But we also tell him that he doesn't have to go to college either. Um, but I can confidently say Adrian's the one that wants to go to college. Rylan, he's still figuring it out. Um, but we provided a lot of educational opportunities for them. And we talk a lot about making your own path. Well, and, and I mean, your, your kids really don't have much choice. We, we are raised in the environment of two people who want to continually invest in themselves, you know, and in, in, in as far as just education, which we've talked a lot about, but, but you mentioned earlier, you know, physical fitness and health and, uh, you know, taking care of oneself. If they've, if they've grown up in that environment, it's a, a little bit like the Chapin children in, in the world of organization. You know, you sometimes think, well, man, they're not very organized. Well, they're just, you know, their, their parents are zealots about it. And so it's, it seems like, you know, to, to live up to that various standard um, as if, uh, you know, the same would be with some kids face this with their parents in athletics. You know, how do I live up to my parents' athleticism or what have you? Um, you've given them a positive example um, to live up to. I just know as a parent, it's sometimes it's like, well, man, why can't they do this like we do this? Because it's the right way to do it. Um, they kind of got to stumble on it themselves and then look, stand back and, and look and say, yeah, well, they are figuring it out um, better than I was when I was 15. Um, so um. I said something true. I, I do actually joke with them that, um, you guys are going to be so much better at this parenting thing than I was, um, you know, cause you're going to learn from my mistakes. And so I give myself grace. That's one thing you, um, as a role model is ultimately they have to make their own decisions. Um, you present all the opportunities available for them. Give yourself some grace if they don't take it. The thing though, that you also hit on was physical and mental, um, so there's a we talked a little bit about pressure, right? There's a fine balance, but one of the things that we offset, you know, the educational with is our kids are very involved in athletics. They're swimmers, um, but there is a big commitment to being a year-round swimmer, and so we talk a lot about balance with them, um, the expectations of sleep and nutrition, um, making sure that you're taking care of your body and yourself and your mind because it's important for you to be happy. Um, and so if you, if you put that investment in yourself, you're going to be happier. You're also going to then, um, gain positive things like more friends. Um, people want to be around you. You do better in the sports that you're excelling at. Um, so there is an investment in that where sometimes we say, you know what, just today, no practice. Seems like you're on burnout you're getting a little bit um, down on yourself, let's take a day to reset. Um, and so there's some of that on the mental and physical that's important also to pay attention to. Well, you've given us a lot of great information. Um, I maybe should uh, let you have the, the last word about, is there any other advice you'd have for people um, in the area investing in themselves that, that you haven't uh, been able to share with us yet? So most people don't know my upbringing. But I have had a lot of challenges. Um, I lost my father unexpectedly really early in life. There was addiction issues within family members. And um, there was times where our family also was 
short on income stream. And so growing up through those challenges, there was one thing that I decided was that I wasn't going to let those challenges hold me down. Um, I was going to set goals and I was going to go after them. And so what you talked about today with me is really in my professional career over the last 20 years, but it started earlier than that in school. Um, I focused on getting good grades, not because it was to make somebody else happy, but it was to make me happy. I got out there and I did camps and participated and volunteered in various activities around the community um, as a, an investment to myself and to my own health and wellness and happiness. And so just do it for yourself. Don't do it for others. And don't um, get stuck too much in a rut on the challenges that you have to overcome. Um, ask for help if you need help to get out of those and over those challenges, but don't let it hold you down. Well, thank you very much. That is a lot of uh, good wisdom. Um, someone might want to just go back and listen to it a second time and make sure they, they got it. So you you have invested in yourself and uh, it, it shows. And I uh, thank you for uh, sharing your story with everybody here on the Chapin Commute. Well, that was very interesting to hear uh, Misty talk about uh, something that she's very passionate in. Uh, what, what I love about it is, is she's talking about investing in herself, but she's not a self-centered person. It's not about me, me, me. It's about I should make myself better for the people around me. It's, 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 it's moving that, that it's just not a self centered. What, what did you take away from Misty's uh, conversation? Well, I took a lot away just uh, when she talked about herself and like, do it for yourself, not for others. And it's something that she just said a little bit. We ended it too soon. I think we talking to her off uh, recording, but something that she said was um, don't wait for others to tell yourself to improve or something. Go out and do it yourself. Like, don't wait around to improve. You can do little things now to improve yourself. Mm-hmm.